I'm sure they're having a blast down there. And we're going to feast on the word of God tonight. So get ready. Get ready to receive. Get ready to preach with them. And somebody help me say it. Preach to me, pastor. Right. Praise God. Believe I will. Hallelujah. Ain't it good to be in the house of the Lord tonight? Are you grateful for the presence of God? Amen. You know, the presence of God was manifested because of the saints of God. Did you know that? And when we say, what a move of God we've had tonight. We measure that move by the movement of the saints. And what God moves and does in the saints and sinners and and all the people. Praise God. And I said that to say this, that God is in this place. Amen. He's everywhere. He's in this house. He's in the hearts of everybody that are gathered inside of this place. And today, if you'll just obey his presence and his spirit, we'll have a move of God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, it feels good tonight in the church. Praise the Lord. I told uh, Brother Chris and Brother Jones, I said, Wednesday evening Bible study is special. Uh, And I'll tell you what I told them. I said, Sunday is the Lord's day. It's like our tithing. We give it unto the Lord. It's His. It belongs to Him. Wednesday evening people have worked all day they've gotten up they've struggled amen they have more days of work to go and they'll have to get into bed this evening to get up and go to work tomorrow so the sacrifice of your time to come into the house of the lord is like our offering amen it's over and above amen so i love what god does and what he pours out in the middle of a bible study Praise God. Hallelujah. Oh, I'm telling you, somebody can be filled with the Holy Ghost tonight. Someone can be healed tonight. Someone can be delivered tonight. The Bible said he sent his word forth and healed them. Amen. I got to have his word. Everybody say his word. Go listen, his word. While Peter yet preached the word. Amen. The Holy Ghost fell on all of those that were there in the place. I want you to know today the Word of God is quick and powerful. Amen. Sharper than any two-edged sword dividing asunder soul and spirit, bone and marrow. Oh, how I love the Word of God. Praise the Lord. I give honor today to all all of our guests. Amen. That would be in the house of the Lord. Thank you for coming and being with us tonight. We give you honor, praise the Lord, saints and ministry, elders, so good, amen, to gather again. God gave us another Wednesday evening, didn't he? Praise the Lord. I give special honor, Brother Kevin ministered to the ministry that was here in our Connect meeting. And I'm telling you, I have been feasting on the oneness of the Godhead and just so rich and good. And uh, uh, in case some don't know, we'll... We'll let everybody know, but our September uh, date on our Connect meeting, that is ministers and wives, we are going to open those doors to whoever would like to come because we are going to have a debate on the Godhead. Amen. Brother Kevin Cummins will be, y'all have to remind me, I don't know why I get these mixed up. 
Brother Kevin Cummins will be taking the oneness of the Godhead. Brother Jones will be taking the Trinitarian stance on the Godhead. And they are going to defend that stance. And we're going to have a good time in the Lord. And if you want to come learn something, I challenge you to come to our debate meeting on a Tuesday evening. Amen. And I, I'm just expecting good things. Praise the Lord. I, I think we ought to enjoy being in ministry, shouldn't we? Praise God. Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles, I want to go to the Word for a little while this evening. And uh, this may be more teaching than preaching tonight, but that's okay. Amen. You know me, it'll probably be preaching. Amen. We'll just let it be what it is. But I, I believe today that I've got a word from the Lord. John, the second chapter, we're going to read verses 13 through 17. And while you're getting those ready, how many have kept their pledges of prayer this week? Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Don't you feel the presence of God? Amen. Praise the Lord. I'm uh, going to be dwelling in prayer until the Lord turns my face another way we're going to study about this and learn about this and commit our lives to doing like this and I believe that God will raise up some prayer warriors in this place praise God John 2 verse 13 and the Jews Passover was at hand and Jesus went up to Jerusalem and found in the temple those that sold oxen and sheep and doves and the changers of money sitting. And when he had made a scourge of small cords, he drove them all out of the temple and all and the sheep and the oxen. And he poured out the changers' money and overthrew the tables. This is an upset Jesus, isn't it? And he said to him that sold doves, take these things hence. And make not my father's house a house of merchandise. And his disciples, that it was written, The zeal of thine house has eaten me up. Matthew, Mark, and Luke all tell us the same story, the same happening that happened hence. And we find in those words given that Jesus said, My house shall be called a house of prayer. How many believes that this is the house of prayer? Amen. Praise God. Today I want to I I teach for a little while simply on this. Building a foundation of prayer. Building a foundation and a building of prayer. We'll add that. Building a foundation and a building of prayer. Amen. Would you ask the Lord to bless this message? God, we love you today. We give you honor. We give you praise. We give you glory. We thank you for the unction of the Spirit of the Lord that is in this house. We thank you for the blessings of God and the goodness of God and the mercy of God. I pray, Lord, that you have your will and your way in this house and that you speak, God. Speak unto us, Lord. Let us to walk out of this house wiser in the word today. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. The church said amen. Amen. You can be seated tonight. Praise the Lord. The Word of God is very thorough instructing us in prayer. Yet it seems to be a great problem for the church. And I know some 
in here may have a very powerful active prayer life. And I, I'm not denoting that tonight in the Lord. I, I want you to know that. But in much of the church world, I would say, there is a problem in our area of prayer. Second Chronicles 7 and 14 says this, and this might be the answer to the problem. He said, humble yourselves and pray and seek my face. That could be the absolute answer to the problem that we all struggle with. And I know that we don't like hearing it, but pride is much a problem of not praying. Amen. And, and uh, I'll explain this. I'm hoping not to steal away from the rest of the lesson, but when I become prideful, I don't feel I need to pray as I should. When I become prideful, I become expected of God's blessing. Amen. Regardless of my not asking. Uh, because of my pride, I think I've got my day under control. And everything is going to be all right. And because of my pride, I say, you know, I, I prayed a little bit today and that's good enough. But I want everyone to know this. That's not good enough. Amen. That's not good enough. Let's go to the word of God in the instruction that he's given us to pray. In 2 Chronicles 7 and 14, he said, Humble yourself and pray and seek my face. In 1 Thessalonians 5 and 17, he said, Pray without ceasing. In 2 Corinthians 18 and 7, 2 Corinthians 18 and 7, 13 and 7, I'm sorry. It says, Now pray to God that you do no evil. You have struggles in your life? Then pray to God that you do no evil. Second, 1 Timothy 4 and 5, he said, For every creature, every creature is sanctified by the word of God and by prayer. In Philippians 4 and 6, he says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving let your requests be known unto God. Romans 8 and 26, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Amen? The Word is very thorough on, on explaining to us about prayer. 1 Corinthians 7, 7 and 5 says that we should give ourselves to fasting and prayer. Amen? 1 Timothy 2 and 8, I will therefore that know that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. Acts 1 and 14, the Bible says, all the disciples continued with one accord in prayer and in supplication. In Acts 2 and 42, we find it written, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread and prayers. In James 5 and 16, the Bible says, Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. Amen. That's a lot of scripture on prayer today. Amen. But we could go on and on this evening with scripture instructing us to pray and what to pray for and how to pray. And, and eventually we're going to get to this. But there's some things that I think that we need to cover in looking and examining prayer in our lives. 
Church, I want to say today that if you struggle to pray, it's past time and it's high time that we build a foundation of prayer in our lives. How many in this place, how many in this place tonight need a greater prayer life? Okay. Wonderful. Not wonderful that, you know, we haven't arrived yet. But wonderful that we're honest about it. Because the first thing that we have to do to make a correction in our life is to be honest about it. For without being honest, we'll never make a correction. Amen. So if we struggle to pray, it's past time and it's high time that we build a foundation of prayer in our lives. Scripture tells us in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Jesus fashioned a whip and he threw money changers out of the temple and he turned the money changers' tables upside down and he said... It is written, my house. Everybody say, my house. My house shall be called a house of prayer. I'm going to dwell on this just for a minute, but I'm going to ask you to say that again because it has a deep connotation to us. Everyone say, my house. My house shall be a house of prayer. Now we know tonight that the house of God, this house of God, amen, is a house of prayer, isn't it? This is... This is our place of worship. This is our, our place of coming together. This is the place where we forsake not the assembling of ourselves together. Amen. But when we understand truly my house, things begin to be put in a completely different perspective. In 1 Corinthians 4, the Bible said, Know ye not, ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. Everybody say God's house. Amen. God's house. 1 Corinthians 6 and 19 says what? Know ye not that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own? For you were bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Amen. Now this speaks to us of the ownership of the house. Amen. And, and, and if we can gain a... A, a greater aspect, a deeper understanding of the house of God and what the house of God really is. I believe today that you will find praying a lot easier. Jesus met a Samaritan woman that wanted to argue with him about their place of worship. He met her at a well and he began to minister to her life and... Uh, Begin to talk to her and she said, you know, uh, tell us about this. Our fathers worshipped in this mountain and you guys worship down there and I need an explanation. And Jesus began to break it down and he said, there, there's coming a day that when neither in this mountain nor in this place, he said, are they going to worship me? But they that worship me must worship me in spirit and in truth. Amen. And I'm, I'm going to say this tonight that we have a deeper understanding of the house of God. I, I love Praise Temple Apostolic Church with everything that I have. It is, it is my church. Amen. Not that, uh, not that it belongs to me, but that I belong to the church. Amen. I, I, I love my church. I, I love everything about my church. I love the glory of of the church. I love, I love the anointing in the house of God. I, I, I love our chairs. I, I love our, our pulpit. I love our platform. There's nothing wrong with that. Amen. I believe we need to be proud of what God has blessed us with. But I want us to understand, 
Amen. That this temple will pass away. Amen. This place of worship will leave here. As a matter of fact, if it survives through tribulation, the Bible tells us that this place, along with every other place, will be burned up with a fervent fire. So this is a temporary tabernacle. But this house is an eternal tabernacle. Amen. Now, now let, me, let me go a little bit deeper tonight. Whether you're a saint or a sinner, this is still an eternal tabernacle. Amen. This whole body is the dwelling place of God. And we are going to live somewhere forever. That understood? Amen. I, I, I don't want to burst this at the seams. One day there will be a white throne judgment. One day he's going to pull every sinner out of the sea, every sinner out of the grave, every transgressor out of the dirt. He's going to put them together. Did you know they're going to have a resurrection? That's right. They're going to stand before the throne of God and be judged. Amen. And what's going to happen? He's going to put them into a place that they're going to live forever. Now it's known as death. Amen. But it is a living death. They're going to exist in that place. Amen. But let me tell us, amen, for the saints of God that love God and have accepted Christ into their life. They've repented of their sins. They've been baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. And they are living a holy, godly life. Guess what? Amen. I'm going to live forever. Amen. In a place that is absolutely almost indescribable. Amen. In the presence of God forever and ever and evermore. In the city where the Lamb is the light. In the city where there cometh no night. I have a mansion over there that is free from toil and tear. I am going where the Lamb is the light. Amen. We need to understand today that this, this body right here, Brother Lucas... This is the tabernacle of God. My flesh, my, my bones. This, this is the dwelling place of the Most High. When I receive the Holy Ghost, uh, when, when I receive the Spirit of God, God came down and He didn't just come upon, but He came inside for the wall and He filled me with the Holy Ghost. And now... Amen. When I begin to pray, something begins to happen. And I, I begin to feel the churning of that presence of God that works on the inside of me, Brother Danny. And the Bible says, out of our belly shall flow rivers of living water. And it's automatic. When I begin to seek the face of God, something begins to happen. You want to know why? Because this is the tabernacle of God. This is the temple of God. Amen. This is the dwelling place of the Holy Ghost. This right here, everywhere I go, God goes. I'm a representation of Christ Jesus. When I walk in the streets out there, I'm an ambassador for Christ. I belong to Him. Amen. Now let me submit something to you today. This house shall be called the house of it puts it into a different perspective, doesn't it? Amen. They worshiped in the tabernacle, but he said, there's coming a day that my spirit, amen, is going to abide in people. Amen. And, and they're going to worship me in spirit and in truth. And now the real tabernacle is right here. 
Amen. A, a tabernacle not made with, with hands, uh, uh, but a tabernacle made by the, the presence of God. This, this is the tabernacle of God. And he said this about his tabernacle. And, and I want us to understand. Yes, my, me, my. I, under get, I, I get that. And I, I under get that. How about that? Amen. But let's understand this. I am not my own. I am his, the Song of Solomon says, I am his, he is mine. Amen. Just as in a marriage, the two of them shall, the two of them shall become one flesh. I am his, he is mine. He dwelleth on the side of me. Amen. So now this vessel, amen, takes the place of that old tabernacle over there in Jerusalem. Amen. Now, 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 I want to tell us today, amen, that, that we all want to go to Jerusalem, you know. Oh, I, I've told my wife I'm such a history fanatic. Amen. I could go there and you could just never yank me out of it. I would visit everything about that place that I would love to see all of those places that I preached about, amen, for all of those years. But thank God that he replaced the old temple with the new temple. And the old temple was known as the house of prayer. So should the new tabernacle. Amen. And that kind of puts it into a different perspective. Well, I, I, I struggle with prayer. Well, we ought not struggle with prayer. Amen. Because this tabernacle shall be called a house of prayer. Amen. It, it, it's, it's got to abide in me. Amen. That, that praying tone of God communicating with me and me communicating with him. Amen. That is to abide in this body. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. The Bible says, Know ye not that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. This is God's house. Amen. The old body is God's house. Amen. And, and every house that is a good house is built on a good foundation. Amen. We have, we have this old body. Amen. It's God's house. It's God's tabernacle. And every house that is a good house is built on a good and a sure foundation. Now, I, I want you to, to remember when we were birthed in the Spirit. Is anybody in here? We have the Holy Ghost. If you haven't raised your hand. Amen. Beautiful. Amen. When we were birthed in the spirit. When we became the tabernacle of God. Amen. Guess what? We were birthed while we were praying. Isn't it funny that many times we'll say, well, I struggle in prayer. Well, we were birthed in prayer. We were born in prayer. We came about because we were praying. We were hungry for God and we said, God, I'll do whatever you want me to do. I repent of my sins. Just fill me with the Spirit. And in the process of me praying, God birthed, amen, uh, me in the Spirit. And I became a son of God. So I came into existence while praying. I was birthed in the spirit while connecting with God. Amen? 
If you and I are going to continue in the Spirit, we must continue praying. So we were birthed by prayer. And if you're going to continue, you're going to continue by prayer. Amen. The sure foundation is always that rock Christ Jesus. Our connection with him must be maintained by prayer and supplication. Prayer encompasses everything that we are spiritually and everything that we will be. It touches every part and, and, and position of our life. It covers our attitude, our desires, our appetite, our, our, our longing, our looking. It, it touches every part of our life. Amen. And if we have not prayer in our life, could it be said that we are not the tabernacle of Christ? Amen. Scott, the church to hear me, there is absolutely no doubt that you will backslide if you do not establish and maintain this tabernacle with prayer. I want to say that again, and I want this to, to hit home. And I want you to know that this applies to every creature tonight in the house of God. Young and old, does it matter? Young folks, I want you to hear me today. There is absolutely no doubt that you will backslide if you don't establish and maintain this tabernacle with prayer. Amen. It's it's our connection with God. He is the vine. He is the true vine. And if we don't stay connected with the true vine, there's no way that we can maintain a relationship with God. It's impossible to. Amen. If it's going to be his house, it must be a house of prayer. I want us to understand tonight, if it's not a house of prayer, it's not his house. How about that? If it's not a house of prayer, it's not his house. Because his house shall be called a house of prayer. Amen. I want to talk to us about the foundation work that you and I have. Uh, there's, there's many in here that have worked in construction. If you have, raise your hand. If you've worked in or around construction. You're going to have a little better understanding of what I'm talking about. Because I'm going to, I'm going to talk about some foundational stuff that needs to be understood that connects with our prayer life. Amen. First of all, you cannot lay a foundation or build a house without a set of plans. How will you know where you're going if you don't have a set of plans? So, I'll submit if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Amen. Someone said it like this, if you aim for nothing, you'll hit it every time. Amen. So you have to, you've got to be aiming for something and directing towards something and, and, and promoting towards something and looking towards something in your prayer life to maintain a prayer life. Too many people have maintained reckless prayer lives. Amen. And we have used scripture like the man that smote his breast 
and said, I'm sorry, O Lord. And, and God said he went down more justified than the Pharisee. Well, let me tell you, that was the act of repentance. Amen. And repentance is the first step of relationship with God. But let me tell you, it goes much deeper than this. Amen. In Exodus, beginning at the 36th chapter, God gave a blueprint and a material list for the tabernacle. Amen. For that Old Testament tab tabernacle to be built correctly, it had to be built according to the specs contained in a blueprint. Amen. God gave the blueprint, amen, for the tabernacle in the wilderness. He told them what it was to be made out of. He told them how to make it. He told them what the dimensions were. He told them what the material was to be. He told them everything about it. Even all the way down, amen, to the priesthood and how the priests were to, uh, uh, were to act and to behave themselves. I'm going to submit today that in Matthew 6 and Luke 11, God gave us a blueprint on prayer. Amen. Some will say, well, I don't, I don't pray that way. I'm going to get into some things that, that will cause you to question that. In construction talk, the definition of specs, does anybody know that? I mean, I, I've gone in and, and, and uh, I've told the man at Lowe's or the man at, at Coles Lumber this, and we're building something, and the first thing that he will ask me is, do you have the specs of that? And I'll begin to answer him, yes, we've got the specs, and these, these are what they are. But the very definition of specs for a construction site are this, a written documentation describing the scope of work and any material to be used, the methods of installation, and the quality of workmanship under the contract. If you're going to build a building and that building is going to hold, you've got to operate understanding the specs and the scope of work to be done. And if not, Brother Johnny, we, we won't know how to build it. Amen? We, we must have seen that before. Eh? We've had to wing it before, you know, a lot of times. And we're trying to put it together and figure everything out. But let me tell you, a correct building, amen, a, a building site that is approved by the powers that be, Amen. Is built according to the specs, amen, that are, uh, that are a joint effort between the one that is wanting to build, uh, amen, between the, the master architect that is putting it together and upon the official that is stamping the approval and inspected upon finish. Amen. Now let me tell us today, God said that you are a house of prayer. Now let me tell us today, there is a blueprint to prayer. And I want us to understand today, I know that we all may have our own way of praying. And I'm not knocking that in any way, form, or fashion. But I want to tell you today, there is a more excellent way to pray. There's a more perfect way to pray. There is a more powerful way to pray. There is a more all-encompassing way to pray. And when you build it according to the architect's codes uh, and the way that he demanded that it, be, that it be built, I want you to know that we build a sure foundation and a sure building that will not fail. Amen. I don't know about you, but I don't want this tabernacle to fail. And today pastors are examining so many people that are failing in so many areas of their life. And, 
They're missing the goodness of God and the presence of God and the joy of the Lord and the power of God and miracles and signs and wonders. And they're missing all of that. And they're wondering, why is this not operating in my life? Why is it not coming to fruition? Why are we not seeing some things? And could it be that our building is out of kilter? Could it be that we have gotten away, amen, from the architect's drawing of prayer and what it's to be in our life? Amen. If it's going to be God's house, hear me today, it's got to be a house of prayer. Amen. You want to know why some physical houses fail and some don't? Some are not built according to the specs designated plan. Amen. That's why some fail. You want to know why some tabernacles Fail. They are not built according to code. And when we say, I have trouble praying. And and I, I get that. And today I'm not here to put anybody down for that. But I want you to know this. That, that really what we're saying is, I struggle going according to the blueprint. I struggle with the instruction. None of y'all struggle with instruction. Every man in this place struggles with instruction. There ain't a man alive amongst us that won't put a grill together, a bicycle together, a motor together that we don't have extra nuts and bolts when we get done. You want to know why? I have never walked up on a man, amen, that is putting something together that is ever looking at the instructions. That's a truth. Amen. We, 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 you know what we do? We want to do it the easy way. I, I'm going I'm to crawl in everybody's front pocket tonight. Amen. We want to do it the easy way, so what we'll do is we'll spin the box around and we'll look at the picture. Am I wrong? Have you done that? Brother Kevin, have you done that? Brother Walden, have you done that? We want the easy way. Now let me tell us today, amen, there's a lot of us that are looking at pictures and saying, you know, I, I want to be this, and I want to be that, and I'm going to try to design my life, amen, after this individual or that individual. And let me tell you, I believe in the importance of mentors in our life, but I want you to know, don't ever short yourself from the blueprints that God gave for instruction for prayer in your life. If we don't follow the plans, the house can fail. We don't follow the plans. I, I mentioned that there is a scope of work to be done. Number two, I've mentioned that there is a scope of work to be done. Always designed in the plans to be done. Amen. To build and maintain any house, you have to be willing to put in the work. Brother Forbes, a house just doesn't appear. It doesn't. For a house to be there, it must be built. Brother Sis can understand this in a phenomenal way. And tonight I give him special honor. Amen. Because he has built several churches from the foundation up. Amen. I, I want to tell us today that if we don't follow the plans and understand the plans and build and maintain the house according to the plans, amen, then the house can fail. 
And we need to understand that, that if we are going to build and maintain a foundation and a building of prayer, the first thing that you have to comprehend is this. You will never build a house that you don't work. Amen. Everybody say work. Amen. Some believe that's a four-letter word. Work. Work is what nobody wants to do. I know what I'm getting in there because it gets real quiet. Amen. The proper amount. There's another reason that many houses fail and it's this. The proper amount of work has not been put in. And the house is designed for failure because of shortcuts. Amen. And unreliable material that are put into the building. And I'm speaking today to a congregation and builders today that have worked in building. If you're going to establish and maintain a prayer life, we must come to the understanding that we must reconcile this absolute truth in us. And it's this. Living for God and working a ministry and producing godly things, amen, will not come without much work. Amen. Is, is that understood? Amen. I, I know it's Wednesday night and I, I promise I'm not going to hold late tonight. Amen. I really mean that, Sister Cook. I, I, we must reconcile this within our person. This. That if I am going to build a foundation of prayer. How many said, how many raised your hand to begin with? Amen. I need a, a deeper prayer life. I, I need a more powerful prayer life. Well, I, tonight I'm here to tell you that if you will set it in your mind. Amen. That I must work to establish my prayer life. Amen. And your work for God has to be greater than your work for the world. Amen. Now I'm going to tell you, we'll get up sometimes half dead. We'll amble out of bed. Amen. Make a cup of coffee. Drizzle it down our chin. Run off to work. Look at our co-workers and say, I am so tired. I'm so weary. I'm so wore out. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I'm hitting home tonight. Amen. Let me tell you tonight, when you establish that sometimes in your prayer life, that when you crawl in your prayer room, you are going to be dead beat and wore out. Your body's going to be tired because you have been producing godly things in your life. And if you will get over your feelings and get over your attitudes, I want to tell you that you stand a great chance of establishing something powerful in your life. Amen. I'm, I'm hurrying to make sure that I get this done, especially since I said I would. Amen. Church, God is looking for sons, servants, and servicemen. He is not looking for lazies, laggards, and losers. Is that all right? Now let me tell you, he'll take anybody. To but if you're going to exist in the kingdom, if you're going to maintain spiritual life in the kingdom, if you're going to live for God, 
Let me tell you, amen, you got to do it God's way. And God is looking for a servant. He's looking for a son. He's looking for somebody that will and somebody that does and somebody that will do. Oh, my, I need to preach this loud tonight that we understand God has called us all into ministry. today in an age of entitlement. Is that all right? We're living today in an age of entitlement. I want the church to hear me. Amen. Everything, everything good in the kingdom that we receive, somebody has paid a price for it. Woo! Your very forgiveness was purchased on Mount Calvary. By a man that drug an old rugged cross up a hill and he paid the price. Let me go a little bit further. Today we can worship in the temple right here. Because we've got faithful tithe payers in this church. Tithe givers, I want to say it in that manner. Amen. That are so faithful in giving to the kingdom of God. Let me tell you today. Amen. If you walked into a lit sanctuary and you're sitting in a padded pew on carpet in floor with microphones and sound system. It didn't just happen. It happened because somebody had a burden to build a church and somebody said, I want to build. I want to make. I want to do. I want to create. Oh, I want to tell you today. I want you to feel the burden of ministry in your life today. We're living today in an in, in, in an age of entitlement where everybody just thinks everything belongs to them. Amen. Let me tell you something. If you haven't prayed, amen, as you should, and you come in the house of God and you're feeling the presence of God, it is because everybody else has put in the work and you're enjoying the benefits of it. Is that all right? I'm, I'm being honest with people tonight. Amen. You must understand to establish an effective prayer life a foundation of prayer in your life, you must know that it is going to cost you something. It's going to cost you something. It's going to cost you something. Amen. I'll never forget we were in church. Amen. There was a young man that came up. Brother Kevin was there. I'll not name that young man. It's another church, another time. And I'll never forget a fine young man. He said, I'm just having problems feeling God. I'm having problems living victorious in my life. And he hung in there and the elders prayed and God touched him that night, but I'll never forget. Brother Kevin told him that night. He said, I tell you what, if you really meant what you said, he said, meet me at the church in the morning at 5 o'clock a.m. He said, we're going to cure that in your life. Yeah. All right. Amen. Yeah. I want us to hear today that we will sacrifice for anything that we love. Yeah. Anything. I went on vacation a, a, a few years ago, and, and I went with all my kids, and, and, and I went with Kelsey, Sister Kelsey. And she had me get up out of bed at 3.30 a.m. to drive to Florida. I said, I ain't never done that. <laughs> oh, Pop, we got to get there. We got we to get down the road. We got to get there. We got to be able to enjoy the beach when we get there. We want to we wanna get up. We want to go there early. Now let me tell us today, amen, many times we'll drag in church about five till. Oh, I'm preaching tonight. And we'll go, oh, I wonder why in the world I don't feel God. 
I wonder why in the world we hadn't had a move of the Holy Ghost tonight. Let me tell us tonight, amen, when you get that kind of excitement, amen, for the kingdom of God, let you got for a vacation spot and the sands on a beach, I want to tell you, amen, you're willing to pay the price, amen, to do whatever it takes, amen, to establish. <laughs> My God, I'm here to tell you. What will happen is as you establish this in your life, the presence of God becomes more fervent in your prayer life. Amen. When you establish that prayer life and you're in front of the Lord more often, what happens is this. The dry times begin to dry up and they begin to be wet down with the anointing of God. Amen. And then when you kneel in prayer, sometimes you can lift your hands and say, Jesus, and the Holy Ghost fills the room and the glory of God settles. And I want to tell us tonight, too many people are praying dry. Too many people are having to, uh, having to hunt God for 45 minutes to feel the move of the Spirit. Amen. Because it's been a week since they prayed fervently the last time. I'm here tonight to encourage you and to tell you if you want to make heaven, if you want to see what God wants for you in your life I'm going to tell you this today establish 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 a prayer life establish your prayer life let God move in you to establish your prayer life and realize amen that work is required for that amen if we approach a prayer life Without an expectation of expenditure, we deceive ourselves. Let's say that again. If we approach a prayer life without an expectation of expenditure, we deceive ourselves. I'm telling us tonight how to establish a prayer life. It will cost you. It will, it will discomfort your flesh. It will challenge you. You will lose sleep over it. Amen. You, you'll pray tired. I don't know about you, but I, I've been here early enough in the morning that I have bowed my head and woke up a few minutes later. I, I'm just admitting it to you. Amen. Why? Because this old body was tired. But let me tell you, when I woke up, I went to praying again. Oh, God, move and minister in my life. I'm hungry. I want to see my family saved. I, I, I want to see the church saved. I, I, I want to see family members saved. And I realized today that the cost was worth paying. The cost was worth paying. Amen. And if I paid the price, then God would establish in me a good word of prayer. Amen. If we approach a prayer life without an, expe without an expectation of expenditure, we deceive ourselves. Matthew 20 says, The kingdom of heaven is likened to a man that is a householder which went out early in the morning to hire laborers. Everybody say labor. labor. Matthew 13, The kingdom of heaven is likened to a net that was cast into the sea. Everybody say labor. labor. Amen. The kingdom of heaven is likened to a treasure hid in a field when a man finds. He hideth for joy, selleth all that he hath, and buyeth the field. Labor. Labor, if you want to fit into the kingdom of God, it's high time you learn you need to work for the kingdom of God. Woo! Hallelujah. Too many want to be on spiritual welfare. I 
I want my good part, but I don't want to have to pay my part. I want to come here and soak up everybody else's part. Let me tell you tonight this, that there are too many today on spiritual welfare. And if you want God to move in your life, you got to get off. You got to get off the welfare ticket. Amen. You need to get on an attitude of working for the kingdom of God and doing what is required. Amen. In order to get hold of the power and the glory and the anointing of God. Amen. Church. Establishing and maintaining the house of prayer is not for the lazy and the faint of heart. Amen. Number three, no foundation can ever be built without dirt work. It's impossible to build a foundation without dirt work. People don't realize the work that went into the two buildings here, but I can tell you that we worked for weeks to prepare a place for a building. And one of the advantages that we have is we were able to dig into the field that we own down the hill to move hundreds and hundreds of yards of dirt in order to build a building. Now hear me. We didn't just come and go get that dirt and dig it and throw it down on the ground and build a building. We had to go into the hard pan, pass the topsoil, take all of that humus out of the way, and we had to get into the hard pan in order to find a place to build. And then we went down the hill, dug off the topsoil, gathered the hard pan and brought it up. And then we brought a sheep's foot in. And that sheep's sheep's foot continually ran over and over and over and over and over again until the dirt became hard enough. How do we know it was hard enough? Because they did a nuclear test on the pad to determine the density of the soil. Everybody say work. I'm here to tell you today that prayer is work work but it's a foundation that if you can build upon that I'm here to tell you that you will not find yourself being the dog that the tail wagged amen no foundation can ever be built without much dirt work if you're going to have an effective prayer life we need to move some stuff we need to turn some stuff upside down And we need to get it out of our lives. You need to get some stones that are in the way. You need to get some things that are in the way of laying a foundation for building out of the way. Jesus forcibly removed the garbage out of his temple. So much so that he fashioned a whip and he whipped them out. And then his disciples remembered that it was written, The zeal of mine house has eaten me up. Now I want us to hear tonight. This ought to be the attitude of the dedicated apostolic saint of God. Amen. The zeal of the house of the Lord hath eaten them up. Yeah. Come on. Why is that guy worshiping like that? Because the zeal of the house of the Lord hath eaten him up. Why are they praying like that? Because the zeal of the house of the Lord hath eaten him up. Why are they living holy like that? Because the zeal of the house of the Lord hath eaten us up. Yeah, come on. I want this, this vessel here 
I want this vessel to be the house of prayer. And in order for it to be the house of prayer, to lay the foundation in my life, I've got to move some humus out. Amen. Does anybody know what that is? If you do, raise your hand. Amen. Humus is the topsoil. It's the rotting dead things that you can't build on. Amen. It's the dead birds and the dead worms and the, the worm droppings and, and the grass and the sod and all of that. Amen. It's in the process of rotting. And you can't build upon it. You've got to get down to the hard path that is beyond the humus. Amen. Now let me tell us today, if you're going to build a foundation of God in your life, you've got to get the dead things out of the way. You've got to get the rotten things out of the way. Oh my, you've got to get all the things that don't apply to Christian living out of the way. You've got to get the things that interfere with your prayer life out of the way. My God. Hallelujah. I want the church to hear me tonight. Amen. If you have relationships that hinder your prayer life, you ought to end them. Immediately. I need this relationship in my life. Let me tell you something. If that relationship with an ungodly person is dragging your relationship down with God, you don't need that person in your life. The Bible says this concerning some things that seem to be precious. And, you know, we, we're justifiers. That's what we do, Brother Jones. We justify. And it's human instinct. If we're not careful, we'll justify sin in our life. Yeah, we'll say, well, you know, God understands. I, I didn't do this. But let's look at the sacrifice that was being done in the temple. We could justify those sacrifices because there were people that traveled for hundreds, even thousands of miles to come and offer sacrifice in the tabernacle or in the temple. There had to be somehow a way of exchange, but they shortened that way of exchange. And instead of selling those sacrifices out in the city, they sold them in the temple. Jesus said, no, that's not how this is supposed to operate. I want us to see today, if your right hand offended you, cut it off. Amen. If your right eye, one said, one said eye, another said hand. But if you go to all the writers, you'll find that he, he did say right hand and right eye. Why? Because most of us are right eye and right hand dominant. So he was saying this, if your right hand offended you, cut it off. My grandfather lost his right eye. He wasn't that old when he did. My father was a boy, but he lost his right eye. And the problem with that is he was right eye dominant. And he had that struggle the rest of his life because then he had to become left eye dominant. And by becoming left eye dominant, he needed to become left hand dominant. So he literally had to change in his life. I want us to know this today. That if things are getting in the way of your prayer life. You need to cut them off. If things are keeping you away from the expectation of God in your life. You need to get rid of them. If things are stopping you from worshiping the Lord in a correct manner. You need to get rid of them. If things are keeping you out of the prayer room. You need to get rid of it. Why? Because heaven has to be made. I've got to make heaven my home. 
Amen. And if I'm going to be a house of prayer, then prayer has to be dominant in my life. Amen. If you have relationships that hinder your prayer life, you ought to end them. Amen. I know everybody loves that, don't they? Go a little bit further. If that device is keeping you out of your prayer room, you ought to get rid of your device. hobbies redirect your activities concerning prayer you need to get rid of your hobbies amen what am I talking about dirt work you need to move some dirt to get ready to build a foundation of prayer that will sustain us all the way to the rapture amen is it costly yes it is I'm fixing to close and I I hope today that this is coming across right. I want everyone to know this. That as we ever near the rapture. Brother Nathan, we must disconnect from the world more and more and more. And I'm going to ask you tonight a question. That you need to answer to yourself and nobody else. Are you pleased and is God pleased with your prayer life? Are you satisfied with your prayer? Have you gone to him regularly in your life, consistently, every day? I hope this is here. Because I want, I want us to know that if you're gonna if you're gonna make this vessel that God ordained be the house of prayer, you first must build a foundation to put the house upon. Amen. You, you've got to do some dirt work. You, you've got to get your hands dirty. You've got to pick the rocks and the obstructions up. You've got to get the dead things out of your life. And then you've got to get a shovel and you've got to dig down below the cross line. And you've got to do that in order to have a relationship with God. Let me tell us today as I'm closing. You can stand with me today. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak of some things pastorally just for one minute and then I'm, I'm going to dismiss us. We are living now in an age that it is not just this church, but it is every church in the kingdom of God right now. 
people are dealing with attitudes. We're dealing with attitudes of aggravation. We're dealing with attitudes of jealousy. Attitudes of bitterness, wrath, strife. Amen. We're seeing it today more so in the church than we have ever seen it, Sister Cindy. We're seeing it. We're seeing it in the lives of our children. We're seeing it in the lives of our family. Amen. Let me tell us today, none of these things can live in a vessel of prayer. Did you know that if you're a vessel of prayer, it's impossible for you to be there? If you pray according to the blueprint. Now, if you don't pray according to the blueprint, it won't matter and you can get around your grudges and your unforgiveness. But if you pray as you should, none of these fleshly thoughts can live inside of someone that prays according to the blueprint. And you will cover every area of ugly attitude, of bitterness and wrath and strife and unforgiveness and supplication and demonic activity. You'll cover them all if you will follow the blueprint for prayer. Did you know that? And when people say, I'm struggling with this. Well, I know why we're struggling with that. We're not praying. You hear me? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling with these kind of things in my life. And this has gone to pieces. I know why it has. Because if you have active prayer in your life. And you are following that blueprint of prayer. Those things will be slain in your life. They'll be put under the blood. They'll be put under your feet. And you won't have to worry about them anymore. But you've got to pray according to the blueprint. Amen. Praise God. Everybody say blueprint. blueprint. I've tried today not to be lengthy, but I, I, I needed to get this out today. How many want this house to be a house of prayer? Oh my, could we lift our hands right now and just love him together? Lord God, I love you. I come before you, Lord, oh, because I need to. I need you, God. I, I need your attitude. I need your love. I need your compassion. I, I need your...